Yeah. It's okay. We get cows come up to the window while we're working and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm here with Jason, CEO of S Squared. Sorry. I'm here with Jason, CEO of R Squared, and we're sitting inside their 3D printed house. What's going on, Jason? Good to see you. Hey, man. Good to see you again. I want to talk to you about how you guys completed this project and with your Black Buffalo printer. There's even a, an extra Black Buffalo printer here. That's pretty cool. Maybe we can talk about that a bit. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, my dog will relax and not be right next to the mic throughout the whole podcast. But uh, where should we begin? Oh, goodness. Uh, you tell me. Uh, there's so many places I could take us on many tangents. Uh, I don't know, really. Uh, do you want to start with printer? Like how we selected the printer or how we did the build? Or do you want to just live I kind of want to start again so that he's not breathing right in the mic. No sweat. <laughs> no sweat. We got a good practice start here. Okay. Dave, go outside, buddy. Hang out outside for a while. Go play. Go play with the cows. Make some friends. I'd say get him a stick, but he'll just bring it back. Go play, buddy. Go play. I'm here with Jason, CEO of R Squared in Staples, Texas, Midland, technically. And you guys have printed your first house here. We're sitting inside of it. Uh, congratulations on this project. Really looking forward to asking some questions about it. Thanks for taking the time to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to have you here. So what really made you decide it was time to change the game in construction and uh, bring this technology to your region? Uh, so many things. Uh, I think for a lot of people, the, the most recent marker in, in a significant change in most people's lives has been the pandemic. Uh, we were building during the pandemic. Uh, finished our last project, uh, stick build project in, in March of 2021, uh, started to go in and work on the numbers and living in Austin, seeing how the prices were increasing. It just, finding our exits, uh, calculating this while also seeing that we're increasing the price, not only for ourselves and, you know, in order to make a living, uh, passing it on, which is unfortunately mostly the case. Uh, and so uh, the pandemic afforded us the opportunity to take a step back, uh, take a look at the business we were doing and the people we were helping or, or building for, uh, and if we were really doing any good. So that building you constructed in March, what was that? It was a, so it, it's one of the more uh, disliked elements of Austin. It's, it's density, oh, no. it's uh, detached duplex under a condo regime. It has a B unit. It's, you know, uh, what used to be an ADU that was your mother-in-law in the back now has a person on the back side of your lot uh, living there with a new address uh, coming in and out of uh, a shared space. Yeah, ADUs are really popular in California. They pass a lot of legislation about that. Well, it's good. You know, in, uh, in practice, uh, it's not working out all the great, but in theory, uh, more density brings the cost down. Uh, you can find maybe some better places, uh, find some homes that mostly we were doing infill, which are onesies, twosies, and it, it just, I, scrutinizing that, I would much rather uh, figure out how we can use the wall structure here and the system uh, to build it, how to, to save overall. Yeah, for sure. 
uh, when you were doing that project, where were there labor challenges or was it really easy to find all the in Austin? I got really lucky. Uh, thankfully, uh, the, the subs that we had working were dedicated uh, and diligent and they were uh, good at setting time uh, restrictions on themselves and their work and, and really keeping uh, the flow going. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, a couple of my friends uh, or colleagues who were building around the same time took about four to six months longer on their build than we did mm -hmm. uh, due to delays. Uh, and we were only probably a mile and a half, two miles from each other. Yeah, you've definitely set yourself up to be adaptable, like with these windows, being able to accept different sizes. Some groups mm -hmm. had to wait periods of a month or two to get custom sized windows. So uh, that adaptability really benefits your schedule. Well, the way we see it is you can now, with the ability to know exactly how far your distances are and dial in uh, your calculations, you can get exactly the right size window or you can frame it up, like you said, uh, just like this and fit it to maybe a different price point. Right, something like this, which we intend to uh, start designing for transitional housing, homeless housing, uh, stuff like that. Uh, we can bring in the box, or if we're putting it in a beautiful open space like we are now, uh, and you've got picturesque views and you want to have a big window, bam, we throw a big window in there. Mm -hmm. And so you got this printer, and I know you were really excited to get it. I'm sure Black Buffalo was excited to ship it to you. Absolutely. It wasn't everything you were hoping for. Uh, there were some adjustments. They had to send some replacement parts. Yeah, so uh, there had been uh, some shipping uh, errors, uh, quality control on the, the front end. Uh, but Black Buffalo, uh, to their credit, has sent out a great team. George Perry and Christian Merkel uh, and Peter uh, and George uh, are all great. You know, they've uh, answered questions. They've made it a possibility for us to continue moving forward uh, despite these challenges that have uh, come from just one simple mistake on the front end. Yeah, from my visits, I've seen, uh, I wouldn't hold it against the company to have an issue like that because it's a new technology. Things are... Uh, there's, I'm sure even updates that they're working on that aren't available yet, they're going to bring out in the next six months, a year, who knows. Uh, and so it's more about how they remedy it rather than the problem coming up. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, you could double down and uh, let your customer service fall uh, to the wayside if uh, someone's having trouble. Or you can step in and, uh, you know, Black Buffalo, mm -hmm. Ventures, Mape uh, have all stepped in to make right uh, some of the early mistakes that we ran into uh, that were machine and material related. And you mentioned the MAPE material, it's pretty good to work with, but you were maybe wondering if there were cheaper alternatives or looking at cheaper alternatives you had mentioned. Well, you know, uh, compared to going and picking up even a pallet of uh, Quickcrete, uh, you know, you're looking at probably still $120 uh, savings on having that pallet versus the bag. Uh, but the reality is, is the cost is not where it needs to be right now for that material because it is a proprietary material and the people using it right now are less. 
it's good that it has the certifications because mm -hmm. in some areas where you need permits, that's going to really make the project possible. But Absolutely. in an area like this house, you don't need a permit. So it's a little over-engineered potentially for your circumstance. For this house, absolutely. Uh, but again, this house was uh, meant to be our uh, workshop house uh, for folks to come out here and, and get a, a hands-on trades folk, uh, inspectors to see what the inside of the wall looks like. Uh, we can print in front of the house for them mm -hmm. uh, in a space that's not confined by, uh, you know, a warehouse or, or in the city or tied to a corporate event. We're just Come on out. Uh, we're setting up calendar updates or slots soon. Yeah, that's cool. So the people haven't come out yet since I was here last? Uh, we've had our event. Uh, we had a few uh, investors come out here and take a look at it. Uh, that's always great. Contractors, subcontractors? Uh, we've had some con subcontractors. We've had uh, some folks from Spa Glass. We had uh, a really great guy. Uh, Mark Knudsen from uh, Jobs to Build came out here and told us a little bit about what they have, uh, which is a fantastic way to educate uh, and, and employ, uh, or, or at least give an internship uh, to trades folk uh, coming okay. out of whatever trade technical school, uh, you know, in an effort to make that look like a long-term solution, right? Mm -hmm. Long-term career, uh, instead of just something that you do to get by until you get back in the office, you know? Labor specifically or 3D printed labor? Labor specifically right now, but I think the, you know, we're not college educated. We're all raised by tradesmen. We're all, uh, you know, job site kids uh, that grew up to be, you know, project managers and, and stuff like that. So, uh, and we can do this. Right, so if we can do it, we can definitely teach someone else uh, to do it uh, or to utilize their knowledge coming out of school and how to apply that to the 3D printed wall for now. Yeah, for sure. I don't see why not. Uh, you guys learned it pretty quickly and uh, yeah, why wouldn't you be able to pass it on? And that's really uh, optimistic for the future of the industry because it'll just multiply the number of people that are participating and printing projects around. Uh, so the subcontractors that visited, did any of them have anything unique to say that kind of surprised you or? Uh... I think the idea flow that came from it, especially with the windows uh, and the door framing and how we can uh, get ahead of those uh, when we're putting in the box to secure, you know, under the lintel to secure the, uh, and support the weight of the print beads that are going across the top. Having those guys out here and brainstorming, okay, well, how do we connect uh, this to the concrete? How do we maintain the thermal break by adding certain elements in the wall as we're going along? Uh, how do we reduce the requirement for HVAC uh, unit size? Uh, how do we make it more energy efficient? You know, there's there's a lot of really good flow and, and thankfully our engineer and our, our architect uh, came out here also and they were both chattering away in the corner uh, talking about different things that now that they've seen it right they put their hands on it and they've seen their design come to life are uh, these ideas proprietary or you can share any of them uh i don't think anything really here is is or proprietary uh we did the columns for the four corners to add support we have a support uh here in the corner or in the the rounded corner and then on the outside to to help maintain that. So how wide is the support? 
Well, we were a little concerned uh, going off of the, the turn sure. and putting the roof out without a support here mm -hmm. uh, on a, an unstable foundation, mm -hmm. right? It's road base. We packed that we printed on so that we could show one that we can do it and two, uh, you can do it too. Uh, and that uh, you can come out and work on this with tools you already have in your tool belt. So uh, when we did that, when we were engineering, we were getting a little silly and we're like, okay, well let's do a little loop around uh, and then fill uh, in the corner. And so we've decided now we may end up doing three, depending on how big uh, the corner or the rounded Oh, so it's not filled yet. It's not filled. Well, the, the pillar is filled, but the corner's not filled. We're, uh, and where's the pillar starting in? It's up right here. How wide? It is, so the interior is uh, eight inches, or sorry, six inches. So it's probably right up on the inside, six inches, maybe five and three quarters, mm -hmm. something like that. So uh, fairly small. Fairly small. Uh, one story structure. One story structure. Uh, the walls are already load bearing. Uh, the support in there helps maintain that. Uh, we're trying to find the balance between filling the wall completely and adding uh, pillared support or additional support across uh, the spanses of the walls or longer spanses of the walls. Will that be your decision or municipalities potentially? Well, it all comes down to whatever uh, they'll approve, right? Yeah. Uh, we always start with the codes and the standards that are already in place, uh, work our edges there with the municipality, with the engineer, with the architect, uh, and try and avoid this back and forth, right? I think eventually we'll get to the point where we come in, okay, this is the data, this is the numbers, we've already done a concrete test, in both places, uh, both the, where the material was manufactured and mixed, brought to us, our testing, uh, and all of that data that you can hand over. And yeah, that almost comes back to education. You have to educate the municipality so they know how to approve these projects. That's uh, that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, fortunately, uh, we have already started those conversations. They're a little slow uh, to come out. I think. Uh, one, it's a far drive, <laughs> uh, but and it's uh, a permitting department, and it's a permitting department, right? So, uh, releasing people, especially in this area, the growth uh, out here in Martindale is, is uh, in the surrounding Maxwell, uh, Fentress, San Marcos uh, is really starting to grow, so they're getting bogged down. He jumped in the pond, yeah, he did. Go back in the pond, buddy. Oh, no, <laughs> he wanted to share a little bit of the pond with us, yeah, that's great, yeah, all right. <laughs> So where were we? You got uh, the other printer over there. Are you going to build that yourself or will they send people out to assemble it for you? So, uh, you know, again, to their credit, they're sending out a team of three. Uh, they're going to come out here and help us set it back up. Is it much different than the setup of this one? No, it's almost exactly the same. They've made some modifications in the control unit and uh, have learned from some of the the wiring trial and error. Uh, I believe, I forget the company that they were working with with the wiring, but uh, it looks like there's new connections both inside the control unit and over on each of the uh, junction boxes on the axes. So weren't you intending on dismantling this printer and reassembling it yourself? Yes. Uh, we were waiting to finalize some of our uh, negotiations on kind of riveting the supply chain and the quality control, mm -hmm. right, the transportation stuff. So uh, in finalizing that, uh, now it's 
wait until Christmas is over. I've got a newborn. Uh, so it's been definitely a lot busier uh, on that end. Thank you. Uh, and it's given us the opportunity, you know, we can take apart and put together this machine a, a ton of times, but I would, I can do that on my own, not on my own. <laughs> I can come out here and, and do this with me and, and, and Chris, uh, but in having the entire team come out here and do it all together, that's what I'm really looking for. And so mm -hmm. we missed a few of those pieces uh, over the last month and a half since we did the event. Nothing's better than reps. Yeah. We, uh, you know, you train as you fight is what they told us in the military and how we really believed uh, we needed to work. And so, uh, you know, if we train, we know how to do this thing, we know this thing intimately, we'll be able to work on and adjust easier. Mm -hmm. For sure. Which is definitely something you'll be doing. <laughs> but <laughs> oh man, it's a good thing that you'll be like the first, the leaders in the region when it comes to this technology. So any of the changes and updates that you know are coming, you'll be the first to get the benefits of them. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, the thankful for the collaboration and the other teams that are building all over the United States right now and the world really, but uh, domestically, you know, with codes, municipality, uh, working with customers to try and adopt a completely new construction method, at least for the walls now, but as it translates and, and spreads to the rest of the house, uh, it's been really nice to have that. Yeah. Region to region build, ours was, Man, we printed to test this out in 102 degrees. Uh, the top end, I think, on this material is 95 degrees. Uh, but we had a decent humidity that day, so it kind of justified it. Just pushing the limits, testing what we can do with it. You can tell in certain spots, especially on the smaller things we printed, not here, but outside. Uh, they're more brittle. You can, you can tell that hydration has happened in, in it uh, much faster, especially with the tabletop and the wind out here. Maybe a little more generosity with the chemical uh, post spray. For sure. Uh, these are all things, you know, I, we've watched your videos for a long time and every single person that has transitioned from their first house to their second house or used the printer for any time, uh, any length of time and then moved on to another, uh, that leap is amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's like a moon jump, man. It's just right over uh and it's been exciting uh it's a challenge it's a lot of growth i think in the whole company or the company as a whole and myself and yeah that's so true what you said i mean i've seen it so many times different companies the first house compared to the second house it's night and day yeah we were definitely feeling like we were getting tugged down by uh the water you know on the deep ocean uh but now it's like all right, we're walking out Aquaman style. We're starting to feel really good, you know? Some of those challenges are the best part because if it was easy, you'd have to be looking back over your shoulder the whole time. You'll have so much competition coming after you, but it's not that easy. So they'll have to go through some challenges as well if they want to compete. For sure. I mean, we started in the same way uh, when we first started looking at this almost two years ago. Uh, looking at it and saying, uh, what? <laughs> Maybe we can look at this in like three or four years and then boom. Uh, it has really started to explode here in the U.S. I think there's five in Texas now. Uh, there's, what, 15 domestically that are... Companies? Houses? What do you mean? Companies, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Printed companies. Uh, a few in California. I know we've got five here in Texas. It's a lot more than that. Florida. The Texas, there, you're right about that, but there's more than 15 in the States. Is there? Okay. Uh, well, we, we really only get to see what you... 
uh, or focusing on what you're putting out and then kind of whatever. You're in the automation nation, so you, you have access to the list. Oh, you know what? Perfect. We'll go ahead and take a look. What I haven't done is itemized it by location yet. I have to, uh, there's a few different columns and uh, I gotta fill them all out. Right now it's just a list of 97. I have a master list of 350, but that was just every oh, wow. company that ever yeah. mentioned anything about printing. So some of them built printers, some of them bought printers, some of them were architecture companies, materials companies. Mm. Um, and I finally kind of organized it out, got the printer manufacturers, 97 different printer manufacturers. Wow, that is amazing. That really is uh, kind of blows my mind. Uh, I was thinking I was shooting under like 25. <laughs> Not, yeah. I found um, more printer manufacturers than customers. Wow. If you don't include universities, which I don't. I don't know. I should, I guess, but I'm more interested in uh, the business projects. Well, like you said, uh, decentralization of the construction industry uh, is really going to help innovation anyway. Uh, and even if we lose a few, uh, I'd like to think that the barrier to entry is a benefit mm -hmm. uh, in maintaining the quality of the builds. Relatively, it's a low barrier to entry yeah. if you compare to prefab or other methods Absolutely. to build a house. Yeah, well, you got your, uh, for the most part, and in most of these, especially in the gantry system, you got a mobile uh, production system anyway. So, uh, definitely better than having a warehouse and multiple stations of production. Yeah, I'd really like the decentralization aspect too, because it doesn't, uh, I don't know, it's like freedom, and it's, uh, if people are independently able to bring this technology into towns that aren't really popular, maybe don't have a big labor force. Mm -hmm. Texas usually does, but a lot of places don't. Oh yeah. Yeah, we are we are definitely bountiful in our tradesmen, but a lot of those tradesmen are had decided during pandemic times that, you know, how we are essential to get the job done, but we're also working ourselves way too hard. And you need those tradesmen now to figure out how to implement all the trades. Like you were saying, uh, SOPs. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, you really can't beat those years and decades or, or just on, years of on-site experience. Generations seeing sometimes. Generations, exactly. All this stuff being passed down. Uh, and you see it in, you know, I follow these Architectural Digest or, or some uh, article that pops up uh, in somebody I'm following on LinkedIn about how these lost technologies uh, and ways, pyramids, for example, yeah potentially made tens of thousands of years ago instead of only, you know, uh, I don't know how long, but, <laughs> uh, you know, that they still, modern day uh, engineers still can't figure it out. There's buildings in New York, uh, bridges that engineers uh, can't figure out how it is still standing hundred years later. Yeah, I saw a funny video on LinkedIn from a guy, uh, one of the developers from a project in Long Island, and he said, uh, what's going to last longer the pyramids or 3d printed houses we're going to find out it's like <laughs> how are we going to find out <laughs> yeah <laughs> if we find out that means it must have been the pyramids because we're not going to see the album not going to be around to see the end of the pyramids i don't think no no i don't think anybody is uh i mean as much as the landscape changes in the desert and those pyramids are still there i think they'll be around for a while but yeah these about. houses should be solid uh Despite that, this one has a pretty close expiration date, right? Relative? It does. Uh, we're hoping to uh, demo it clean uh, and kind of put this uh, farmland back together uh, the way it was uh, by mid-February. 
the demolition is Texas style, I heard. Oh yeah, uh, you know, we're gonna come out here, thankfully we're in the relatively middle of nowhere, no neighbors for, I don't know, probably half a mile, mile uh, in, in either direction. So uh, we're gonna come out here, we're gonna through, put it through ballistics tests, we're gonna put it through fire tests, and then once this thing is uh, charred all the way up, uh, uh, we're gonna spray it down, uh, and we're gonna show you that the wall is still intact, uh, and then after we've gone through, basically we've squeezed this thing all the way uh, down as far as we can, we're gonna blow it up. And so the other printer will be assembled after Christmas? Yeah, it'll be assembled after Christmas, uh, actually after the first of the year. Uh, we're gonna assemble that one and have this one uh, running, the second one running our event demonstrations, have folks come out, you know, uh, anybody who's interested in seeing how the inside of the walls look uh, that don't want to get up on a ladder. Uh, and then we have probably about four months and we're moving it, four to six months and then we're moving it across the street and starting to uh, do production on a pretty nice little neighborhood here in Martindale. Yeah, nice. 70 something units you mentioned, 72? Uh, I, we got 100, 100 taps. Uh, my hope is to hit close to that number. I don't want to suffocate out here, uh, even with one acre lots. Uh, it is still a lot tighter than folks are used to out in this area. So are there conditions like, so let's say we talked a little bit about the cost thing earlier and I know you mentioned you believe that it's continuing to get cheaper enough that it will be cheaper maybe at a certain point in that 100 homes? Uh, well, not necessarily. I think in that 100 homes, absolutely. Like you said, the more we do this and the more uh, times you go through this process, you learn each and every time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, production builders, volume builders, uh, those guys started with a few houses. You know, and they learned how to do it really efficiently, build relationships to do it more efficiently over time and scale. So we're hoping to do the same thing. Take what we've learned on each house. Uh, well, take what we've learned on this house and what we've learned through your videos and through other folks in this industry that we've spoken to. Uh, and, and printing yourself, of course. Printing ourselves, of course, one. yeah. Uh, and then sending all that back to our build, engineer, and design team together. Uh, and of course, getting customer feedback, that's always really important. Uh, but how we can get these guys to communicate early and make a better house uh, without all of the, oh, the architect designed this, but we can't build it. Oh man, that's not uh, realistic, this side or the other. Uh, we can hopefully eliminate a lot of those issues by integrating those people early in the, the deal, uh, as well as the customer can print out exactly what you're wanting. Are any of the homes spoken for yet? Any of the homes, uh, two of them are. Uh, some family members are, are really interested in picking those up, mm -hmm. uh, but we'll see how everything flushes out. Uh, it's probably gonna take us, well, it's gonna take us some time. Oh yeah. To, I don't wanna set a, a good time projection because I'll probably miss it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's going to take some time. So we'll see how their feelings are when we get there. But there's no rush. I mean, yeah. you said it yourself, the technology, you're learning so much right now. So why would you uh, rush yourself while you're still learning a ton? Maybe 
I'm sure your hundredth one will be better than your first, but especially if it's going to family, you want to know that you're going to do a really kick-ass job. Absolutely. I mean, we want to truly sell and build a home that we would build for our family also. So that's a good start. But uh, I would much rather build something that they want instead of something that is suited to fit the neighborhood or subdivision that we're building uh, on, on a, maybe a bigger plot of land also uh, for these guys. So what size homes are you gonna start with? We're looking to capture uh, you know, a starter home with a ranch style look, uh, 1,200 to 1,900 square feet uh, on anywhere between a half acre to an acre lot. Uh, with you know satellite uh, accessory uh, units on the outside nice and do you have any idea I mean it's gonna be a while till you build them so the markets gonna shift but what kind of price point you're trying to hit that is a really good question uh, I think our goal and what it'll be are probably there's there's a wide gap in between those. I appreciate that qualifier. Uh, Very honest. That's just how it is. That's construction. It, the yeah. material costs could change. The lumber costs could change. A million things could change by then. The thing I know we are willing to do is to share the savings where they are with the consumer. Sure. Right? Uh, I grew up in a small house. My grandfather was a builder. Uh, we, you know, in building myself uh, and seeing other builds in, in town, uh, you know, where you're penny pinching and you're trying to suck every dollar out of that thing so you can do another project. And that's great. It works out well, but it really is exhausting, not only for you, but it also exhausts the housing market. Uh, it exhausts people's patience in their pocketbook, <laughs> you know? So uh, I don't have an exact number uh, for it just yet, uh, just because we're in the early stages of that development over there. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't expect you to. But uh, I would say if if everything works out to my hope, uh, we're looking to sell anywhere between one seventy five, uh, two fifty, uh, and three three twenty five for the three plans. Uh, Good to have ambitious targets it is uh it is really ambitious and what gives me hope that that is a, re a real a reality or a potential reality is that the walls while it is just a 3d printed wall and this is the only part that we're able to handle uh what it does is takes parts of the dance uh and makes it easier reduces the number of Starts, stops in labor, uh, in potential, you know, people get sick. People's families have uh, a need for that labor, that, that tradesman, tradeswoman person uh, to go out uh, to stay home instead of going out on the job, right? So all of these potential delays that are tied to human behavior uh, or, you know, our limitations uh, I think we can fill some of those gaps with what we do with the wall structure, reducing, let's say, the nine layers it takes from drywall to siding, uh, and reduce that down to three. Uh, and in doing that, we save time, 
we save error, uh, we save in our side, but also in the consumer side with energy efficiency, uh, cost reduction in need for power, well, not necessarily powering the house, but in uh, powering that equipment and also uh, the use of that equipment or the need of that equipment. Yeah, I think it's important that more people talk about 3D printed construction and from a mature perspective, like you're sharing now, in a way that like, yeah, we believe the industry is gonna make construction cheaper. Mm. Uh, and I believe that deeply, I think you believe that deeply, but it, it's, you have to talk about it in the right tenses. And uh, I think people can be very upset if mm. they become misled. For sure. And even, you mentioned you watched my videos, there were still surprises, like, uh, not that you were misled, but things you weren't expecting to, that, that weren't fully clear to you before you actually got in there. Well, for sure. And, you know, it, it's, you're out uh, cataloging and, and journaling for, you know, all of these, but you don't get to see how the sausage is made always, right? So I only uh, get to print on rare occasions. Right? The Seabay printer, uh, your, your course was Which really, sausage? really good one. I see how most of the sausage is made. Not the material <laughs> getting mixed together, I guess, unless it's an on-site batch. Well, well, I guess uh, the budget... Uh, and I don't know if this yeah, is something true. that you get to see, right? Uh, okay, well, uh, what's the schedule for the windows? What's the schedule for our framing? And what uh, our timelines are? And what are the finishes out for the customer? I don't really ask for it often because right. if they were proud of it, they would show they would me show themselves. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, this is the beauty, right? Because this is what gives me the confidence is that, sure, right now, the curved wall uh, may be a little difficult to get furniture in there, but it's also a whole lot easier to finish out and That's plaster, a choice. right? And it's a choice. Uh, the furniture, now we can be on the forefront of creating furniture, creating uh, fixtures and, uh, I don't know, framing elements or frame, build elements, right? That we can do uh, with the printer or uh, that we can do as the, the technology improves. Yeah, I mean, right. you could imagine in the future, not too far away, there would be some app, somebody can download, design a house, the model gets sent to you, mm -hmm. you guys printer on demand, ship the printer out with your team, they set it up, print it, uh, God, and you guys great. are the ones ready for to capitalize on that. Like, yeah. there's so few printers here, you would be the only like people in the region who could service the clients. For sure, we do uh, have some competition, which I'm really excited about. Uh, a lot of people say no, pardon me. Uh, it's a competition, but uh, my father-in-law always tells this story about how uh, the burger joint in a small town, uh, he thinks, man, I, I start a burger joint and this thing's going to go off crazy. Well, very few people start to show up. Well, he builds a burger joint right across the street. All of a sudden, now there's all kinds of competition, businesses flowing. Okay, I like their, that. Their money uh, has, uh, you know, the revenue started to increase because people see, oh, I'm going to go here. Well, I'm just going to go there. That worked in Philadelphia. They got two cheesesteak places, <laughs> Pat's and Gino's, right? Oh, yeah. Kitty Corner. Uh, they're famous. Oh. Uh, beautiful. Delicious <laughs> cheesesteaks. That's the only, not the only reason I'd go back to Philly, but uh, that's definitely a, 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 on the high side uh for reasoning for sure yeah and the uh i mean i guess it's competition the second you have a client that's getting bids from two different 3d printed companies that's all 
it takes to cross that line. For sure. Uh, and I've learned through my, my years of watching uh, my grandfather uh, and doing this myself mm -hmm. that the best laid projections are, are rarely uh, what flushes out in the end. Uh, but we can definitely, uh, with this, find our, you know, reduce some of those extra points of failure. There's a lot of teams that will say, like, it's cheaper, cheap. look at the estimates, look at the estimates, and they, they're so confident in the yeah. estimates, and that's a 100% of the time someone who's that sure of the estimates has no construction experience and never held a hammer. Yeah, for sure, and we're not in the business of uh, being the, the lowest bidder and, and putting out a product that is uh, equal to that cost. I mean, hopefully right? we're wanting it could to, be one day. Yeah, we, we would love to. Uh, not to say that we don't want to build uh, affordably because that is our goal. You that just have your head screwed on straight. <laughs> For sure, it, you know, the, our goal not out, outside of just the build is a better customer experience, a best, better home buying experience. I've sold homes as a realtor. I've built homes uh, for folks and sold them as a realtor also. Cool. Uh, you know, but ultimately in my experience and one of the things that led me to, to even start in, in real estate uh, on my own was my buying experience originally was not great. I was misled. Uh, there were a lot of uh, potential points of leverage that were left on the table for me. Uh, and when I realized that after the sale and owning the, uh, the property for a little while, uh, I started to realize, okay, well, we're gonna, truth in building, truth in our work uh, and integrity are where we're gonna start from, uh, coming from contribution, giving, uh, our, our hearts start with giving. Uh, we still want to make a good living. We all have families, and I, like I said, I have a newborn, so <laughs> we got another one, but uh, that doesn't mean that we have to burn this wildfire. We can, we can do a slow burn. I think we can really grow this industry well. So let's talk about the future and hypotheticals a little bit mm -hmm. again. How would your ideal buying process look like for your customers? Okay, so uh, thank you for asking because we actually have been working on this really uh, exhaustively over the last month and a half in what we can do and what we can't do. So uh, like we were talking about before, you come to me, I want to build a house, Jason. Excellent. I can't wait to get on the drawing board and, and the whiteboard and start working this out with you. We sit down with myself, uh, you know, the builder, the design team and the customer and we flush out a really good sketch a design your hopes wishes and dreams from a questionnaire really detailed questionnaire we find out uh, not only what you want to build but kind of how you live right mm -hmm. not being too invasive but really just this is a home you're going to live in hopefully with your family for an extended period of time right uh, so we want to make sure that the home that you are designing is something that you want to live in, not just a really neat idea that you've been working on for a while. So we take all of the concepts, all of those ideas, and we put it in a rough sketch. We get approval from that point from the, the customer. Yep, that looks great. All right, 
moves to the next section and we get more into the nitty-gritty the architect the builder and the engineer now get together what kind of house can we build based off of their wants needs and and do without right and from there i guess it's a pretty typical construction process it's just you're really being careful qualifying the design phase because it's so new for sure uh well and also it's exciting right curved walls what uh we can we see these things but a lot of time you see a curved wall in a house that's a higher price point mm -hmm. right because it costs a lot to do uh and make look pretty and so we're able to do those uh some of the other elements like printing the house to suit sunlight uh where it you know affects the house during the day uh in depending on the climate or the environment that you're in uh, how it affects the wind direction, uh, especially in some of the coastal housing or houses that we're, we're hoping to do in the next few years. Uh, so in getting that early and get and showing kind of those options and really kind of fleshing that out right early is, is really going to help out uh, so that when the engineer, the architect and the builder, they're able to save time also because they have really narrowed down exactly what is capable mm -hmm. and, and possible with this printer. Uh, we already have an idea. Thankfully, we've, we've, uh, we have a really great architect and, a, and a engineer to support, uh, to give us an idea on wall sections and certain things, not to get too deep into it, but uh, what we can do now and what uh, support is required for different expanses of walls, right? So uh, we take that, get approval, from that sketch from the customer, and then simultaneously or, or uh, concurrently, we have the customer over to interior design and electrical and lighting so that we can flush out the inside. Uh, and then we take those designs, depending on, well, those wants, right? Uh, and then put that into the design, render it, throw it in a VR headset, and allow you to walk through your home. Sure. And do your blue tape walkthrough, right? Your initial blue tape walkthrough in there. And every house has to be this color blue, right? <laughs> I've seen some comments, and it's apparently an atrocious color, but. Oh, I think it's great. I love it. Uh, our company name was originally based off of R2D2 anyway, so. Uh, it's blue and it's Empire Fleet blue. Uh, so it's got a nice little mix of Star Wars in there. Uh, don't come at me, George. Um, it's cool you can just do colors. You could do any yeah. color. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that can be, uh, you want to be careful in what you do with the mix because uh, you add liquid. Mm -hmm. uh, coloring can definitely change the composition. Powder would probably be a little bit better option. But also, I think I used... Granted, this is out in the middle of the farmland or whatever, but I think I used two five-gallon jugs on or, uh, on this house, interior and exterior. Uh, it's 500 square feet, so not not too bad. Uh, and you're eliminating drywall and the moisture barrier on the outside, you know, uh, in in extra labor. Uh, so from there in the VR headset, final approval from the customer, this is great, or we need to make a couple of changes. I didn't realize that 
the window and the door here were so close to each other, but also we really like to sit here and watch the TV from here, from the kitchen, yeah, sure. and you know, right near layouts. And so we take that, get final approval from the customer, and then we send that over to the plan. Uh, well, we run it through our final checks, of course. Uh, send it over to the, the planning department, building department, get approval there, bring it back to us, and then run it through our G-code, run it through the print path uh, verifiers and, and checkers, and then it's, after that, it's build the house and some keys and smiles is what we call it, you know? Uh, and hopefully, happy customer. Uh, living in one of our, our houses very soon. Yeah, it's the, not to be, uh, it's a challenge and an accomplishment to be achieved. Certainly uh, not an easy thing to do, but somebody's got to change the world. So. For sure. Uh, I'm really grateful to be in this position. Uh, my life changed about 10, 11 years ago, uh, and I have made every opportunity to grow from that point to get to here. Uh, not alone, you know, uh, but to be here in this position, to realize not only a, a, a 10 to 15 year dream, uh, but to, to create stability for home buyers, and ultimately, uh, this sounds a little idyllic, but to create a cultural shift. That, that's our, our grander goal. Uh, you drive down the cost with innovation. Uh, we're able to provide a better product, not only on the front end, insurance, your utilities, uh, Cost of home ownership is pretty high. A lot of people forget about that as soon as you <laughs> sign those papers and you move in and you've been there for a couple of years and you realize that one, two, that first year of warranty on your builder's warranty in your second year, oh crap, man, this is all on me now. Yeah, those are big challenges you set yeah. out to solve, but with big uh, big challenges comes big rewards. So Absolutely. What was the, was there an occasion 10 years ago that is uh, a notable, what shifted your mindset? <sighs> I think what it, you know, there's, well, it was probably the second time I was homeless. Uh, I was once when I was a teenager and once uh, when I was an adult. Uh, and both times, uh, well, I'd say first time was really me being a dumb teenager and, and not accepting help. But the second one is where you, where a lot of people find themselves these days where, and not to get too uh, far into it, but where we're all just one mistake or maybe uh, compounding two or three mistakes away from being homeless or being uh, in a point where our home can be taken away from us. We've all seen this in 2007 uh, in 2008 during the, the recession. Uh, and then over the last uh, you know couple of years is, well, definitely in the last year is some of these uh, moratoriums on evictions and, and foreclosures have started to go um, and right now, I mean, the economy shifting, the stock market's going down, and they're increasing interest rates. So, uh, echoes of that time seem to be repeating. So, I think it's a really important message that you're sharing right now. 
It's, it's a, it, it, I mean, you know, my story is no different than anybody else's story. And I think what really, if you want to narrow it down, is I was uh, pedicabbing at the time and seeing really amazing, intelligent, you know, good people uh, living in the back of a warehouse behind bikes and, and the carriages that, that carry, you know, they carry. Uh, and then seeing and talking to folks that are staying up under a bridge or staying out in an encampment or living out in the greenbelt, you know, uh, in a tent, I am one payment away from getting my driver's license. You know, uh, I, I hate to see it. Uh, that is what drives me every single day that we do this every time, not maybe not every single day, right? Uh, but I'd say every time we get a gut punch, <laughs> my gut punch in, 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 a, in a delay uh, in our production or in our supply chain is nothing compared to someone who is either A, not afforded the opportunity to own a home or to stay in their home or have a safe structure to live in and, and thrive and grow from. Yeah, that's great to have a, uh, something like that to really like give you strength in those challenging moments of the business. And uh, the flip side of that coin is that if you are able to deliver on that in the coming years, it's gonna be like really beneficial for you and your family that you'll never have to be anywhere near a situation like that again. And like, that's kind of the beauty of capitalism is that like the, challenge and the struggle like breeds the desire to like improve it not only for yourself but for other people too absolutely uh i'm i don't think i'm anything special uh in that regard i think uh credit to my dad who told me that you only get one name and you better protect it uh and so in an effort to maintain that and not become a statistic i uh found my way out but uh you know, we're all, like I said, one, one, one what is it? Uh, the average savings account has uh, less than $400 in it. Or something uh, like the vast majority that, of people live paycheck yeah. to paycheck. It, uh, there's so many scary statistics. Um, it, it definitely is a lot of people impacted by those situations. Absolutely, and COVID has definitely made that uh, exponentially more <laughs> I guess obvious that uh, people had time to spend with their family. I had time to spend with my family. I was working, you know, it's, it, it was tough. But having the time to spend with your family during that time really gave me the perspective that I needed to not only work for myself, but for others to find a life work balance versus a work life balance. Uh, and I think that coming from that, you can actually be more productive. Uh, you know, there's a direct correlation between productivity and rest. Uh, if you don't have enough, you're able to go pretty, you know, we're adaptable, but uh, you're only able to go so far. Uh, and then that- Do you meet your wife? About six years ago. Wow. Yeah. And Seven so years ago, actually. Uh, have you like substantially climbed out from your lows and you were like, uh, back on your feet or what? I had just really kind of found my footing uh, at that time and 
I was probably, I think at that point I was, when I met her, I was a year into real estate and doing leases and uh, had just nice. found some footing in a, a higher uh, price point in real estate yeah, uh, cool. and selling. So in a job with no cap and right. Uh, and you know, it's, it's there for you if you want to work at it. Uh, for some it comes easy and others you gotta, you gotta hustle. And if you're able to, uh, or have that drive, I think you can get there. Um, and even if you can't, don't have that drive, uh, find someone who does. That was my problem with some construction jobs that I had as a kid. There are some people who don't want you to work as hard as you possibly can on the job site. Yeah. Uh, other laborers who want to just keep it at a, like a reasonable pace or something, and I mean that kills me. To like that's why the real estate agent job is so great because you get the fruits of your labor and. Uh, it is. It is true, uh, and someone's gonna probably hate me for it, but it is. A lot of work on our end, but it is administrative work, uh, and especially working both sides of it as the builder and the uh, the agent I mean, uh, selling the house. Right, uh, a lot of that is not easy work because there's definitely a lot of hard work in it. But uh, if there's a buyer and a seller, it's easy. But getting to that point is not getting easy. to that point is definitely not easy. Uh, I think it's really it's just. <laughs> It is a lot of project management in a multiple fields. I don't know why anybody would have a problem with real estate agents. You don't have to use them. You can, uh, if you want to go rough it yourself, you can. You'll probably get screwed or not get the fair price, or maybe you make it work. But well, it's a real job. But I don't know. I don't think it's a controversial thing, or is it? On the flip side, no, I don't think so. Uh, maybe we're a little jaded here in Austin because they went from I don't know, like six thousand uh, licensed active agents to close to 20,000 wow. <laughs> over the last five, six years well, uh, as we've grown. It, it, well, it, it, you know, same with this industry. It, it'll start to weed out some of the folks that aren't really dedicated to the... I don't know if that'll happen in this industry yeah. because it's so new. Um, well, not for a long time. But I, I mean, haven't seen anyone like give up yet, except for contour crafting stepped away for a long time. Now they're even getting back in it. That's. I'm glad you said that because uh, what is amazing to me is we are now in a place where they wanted to be back in the 90s yeah. right uh all of that uh intelligence that uh forethought and pre-work that they've done and flushing all this stuff out in the numbers and in the materials and now with the uh tool to implement that a lot of people think that we're in the cutting edge, and, and we really are, but I think we're more in the cutting edge of the uh, application of it rather than the concept and the uh, theory. Yeah, I mean, I almost look at it like the internet. Like, if you guys are early users of the internet, you might pick it up, put it down, but you're not going to not use the internet again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eventually, it's, you're going to use the internet. Right. Uh now we all are, um, kids included. Uh, yeah, I remember it's NASA. I think we were talking with the International Space Station when I was in middle school when the internet first came out. Uh, My dog I, is DMing some babes he met at the park yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no better wingman than a, uh, a good-looking Labrador, right? Yeah, when he's not jumping in ponds. Oh, yeah, exactly. Jason, so people excited about this technology that want to work with you, maybe they want to be clients, maybe they want to ask you questions. Uh, how can they reach out to you and uh, learn from you? And
So, of course, on uh, all of the social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, we're R Squared Texas. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn also. Uh, but uh, for, I'd say probably a quicker response, info at r2-texas.com uh, or myself, Jason, at r2-texas.com uh, or our website, r2-texas.com. Link down in the description. All right, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Uh, is there anything else we should uh, touch on? Uh, no, just uh, be excited for what's coming. Uh, we are, and uh, here we go. All right, you keep building, I'll keep filming, and we'll catch up next time. Excellent. Good to see you again.